Well, I couldn't believe it on Saturday, just going through on social media and uh, saw all these reports of... what seemed to be at the time a coup underway in Russia. Well, it didn't eventuate to that. But boy, oh boy, the Russians and and Vladimir Putin, I have to say, look terribly impotent as a private army made its way through, I don't know how many hundreds of kilometres across Russian territory, took over a town with zero resistance from Russian armed forces. I think they knocked an aircraft out of the sky that looked intent on attacking them as well. Uh, welcomed by civilians who gave them food and water. All of this points to potentially the beginning of the end for Vladimir Putin. Let's put all of that to Dr John Bruni, founder and CEO of Sage International. John, good morning. Good morning, Matthew. Well, Russia doesn't come out of the smelling of roses. Uh, Putin and Russia looks terribly impotent. Well, look, you know, at the moment, um, the, the, the game is still afoot. You know, there are a lot of things that we still don't know about what motivated Prigozhin to go and take the action that he had done, save for the fact that this has been a long time coming. Look, um, Prigozhin effectively runs the Wagner outfit. He's got about uh, 25,000 men under arms. Now, the fact uh, that when you're starting to move uh, armies left, right and centre, they're not things that you can move instantaneously. So this process of having wanted to do this, must have been in train for at least the last month or so. And as your listeners may be aware, Gozhin has had a very tempestuous relationship, not necessarily with Putin. And this is where things get a bit tricky. It's particularly with the Minister for Defence, Sergei Shoigu, and um, the Chief of the Russian Staff, uh, uh, gosh, what's his name, these Russian names, Uh, uh, Valery Gerasimov. These two people have always been in um, Prigozhin's target set, you know, especially with their lackluster performance, the Russian army's lackluster performance in uh, Bakhmut. Now, many people are saying that, you know, Prigozhin and the Wagner group were the ones that actually won that battle. And as your listeners will know, that battle went on for or in excess of nine months. And it was a slugfest where tens of thousands of Ukrainians and Russians died. But it was the daring do of the Wagner group that seemed to have, you know, captured the hearts and minds of ultranationalists who uh, are in Russia. And, um, you know, of course, when you start saying that Putin's command staff are inept, incompetent, it's only a a couple of degrees shy of calling out Putin Mm. for being incompetent. So, you know, take that where you will. But. It does look like Vladimir Putin has certainly received a massive uh, kick to his reputation, both uh, domestically and internationally. So this was what a reminder that you're not in charge, mate. We are. Yes. And this leads to another very interesting phenomenon that we're seeing here. How much support does uh, Evgeny uh, Prigozhin have? Does he have enough to make a a second tilt for power? Now, the interesting thing is that um, this this fella who's running Belarus, uh, often called Europe's last dictator, although I don't understand why, because Putin's, you know, he's he's no sweetheart. But anyway, look, having said that, Belarus is a small country wedged between Poland and and Russia. And since the war began uh, back in February 2022... Even though Belarus has always been a minor player in the in the Russian sphere, it's always been able to sort of hedge its bets and it, it, it made some deals with EU countries either at an individual level or collectively with the EU. 
So there was enough freedom for Belarus to move around in an autonomous fashion. But since the war, that's finished. You know, since the war, Putin has almost made Lukashenko, the the, the last dictator of Europe, mm. loyal to uh, to the Russian cause in its totality, which means that he has no longer got any uh, sovereign capability, not even the pretense of which, right? Yeah. So now with Prigozhin in exile in Belarus, it's going to be interesting to see whether Lukashenko wants to reassert Belarusian authority, which means going against Putin, which means supporting and protecting Prigozhin and allowing him to keep plotting the downfall of Putin uh, from from Belarusian territory. Uh-huh. So it gets really pretty grubby. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that does make the chess moves interesting. Would P- would Pogoshin want to become the next president of Russia? Do you think that's his aim in all of this, or would he seize power and then hand it to someone else? That's a good question. Um, I, I think it has been um, pretty obvious now for some time. Uh, that Prigozhin is politically vocal. He's not just a he's not just a, a, a you know a, a company commander of a mercenary outfit. Uh, outfit. I mean, he does have um, political aspirations. So again, um, would he want to take the top job, or would he want to be you know like a hair's breadth away from mm. the top job? Maybe taking over from Shoigu. These are questions that only time yeah. will tell. But I suspect that um, you know we, we've got we've got a little bit of uh, time for this whole situation to continue to play out. I mean, what we can say is Putin's inability to arrest um, Prigozhin or kill him for his betrayal is is arguably the greatest sign of Putin's weakness at this point yeah. in time. To allow this plotter to escape Russian justice. And fight another day, I think, is going to be something that will come back to haunt Putin in, okay. in relatively short order. Yeah, and we've said before, I mean, if Putin goes, that that's one thing. But, of course, the person who replaces him may not be better. Well, look, there's a lot of conflation in the media between, um, you know, the end of the war in Ukraine mm. and a change in government in Russia. Those two things don't necessarily mix because, again, Prigozhin has his sympathies among the ultra-nationalists. If he wants to play that card, if he gets into the Kremlin, um, the war will probably continue, um, and it may continue under, sadly, better leadership or at least more motivated leadership. So we can't can't really push the whole peace in Ukraine situation just yet. Yeah, indeed. All right. John, really appreciate your insights as always. Thank you very much.